0: I Suck at Dating, with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back
1: to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. My name is Jared. I am joined by the beautiful Vanessa Gamaldi. Vanessa, are you out there?
2: How do you hear me?
1: I hear you loud and clear. Thanks for joining us. And back in studio this week. What? Woo! It feels like it's been four years since this guy has been here. Holly it's Martin, the one ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the only
3: Dean Ungler. baby! Hey! Yay! Thanks for having me back, guys. I didn't. I I missed a lot of things while I was away, but this might be the one thing that I missed the most. Oh, we missed you <laughs> every Tuesday afternoon. 1 p.m., coming in, seeing these beautiful faces. In Burbank. Here we go. Oh, what a time to be alive. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you for allowing me to come back. Stop that. This is
1: your podcast. I am just merely (laughs) the guest.
3: Shut up. You filled in – not filled in. I feel like the podcast while I was away – It was even getting better reviews on the iTunes store than when I was here. I was reading some of them. There was no roast. They were all, oh my God, this podcast is drastically improved since Dean has left. Never bring it back. So, I mean, sorry guys, but here I am.
1: Please, everybody wants you back, (laughs) Dean. We all love you. We're also joined by Easton and Mark. As always, the two wonderful men. And in studio, we have a wonderful guest to start off our podcast. We have the wonderful Holly Martin. Holly, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Oh, please. It's our pleasure. So, Holly, uh, you know, talk about yourself. You you have uh, this fall coming out. Would it kill you to put on some lipstick, uh, some lipstick, hopefully? Yes. But talk about that. Talk about your dating history. Talk about why you're here.
4: Well, you know, first, when I found out the, the title of the show, I feel completely <laughs> qualified to be here because I still suck at dating, right? I don't think, you know, I was thinking about it. Nobody for hundreds and hundreds of years has figured this stuff out, and we're not going to figure mm-hmm. it out today. But it helps to talk about it. Helps. Right. That's okay. progress.
3: At That's the end of the day, fair. as long as we're making progress, right? Baby right? steps.
4: Right. So my story is, I've I've got 20 years on you guys. I
1: you don't look a day over 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking about that. You look wonderful.
4: Thank you, thank you. But I think there's a distinct difference about dating in your 40s, after you've you know been married before, versus you guys. You know, you're ready to go to the altar next summer. Right? I I am. Yes, right? we are
1: planning dates as we speak.
4: Right. And you know there's a big psychology of what happens when you stand in front of anybody that you've ever, you know, known your community in front of people and you make vows and you commit to somebody and then it may or may not work and what happens when you find yourself, you know, in your mid 40s and you know 50% of marriages fail and you're you're really in a in a tough place i was devastated I was grieving and and I really triggered an identity crisis
1: well you've been divorced
4: twice I've been divorced twice so even my do-over had failed
1: how tough was that the second time if you don't mind me asking
4: brutal brutal, brutal and and it actually was what um, prompted me to write my book because Mm -hmm. I was in so much pain I was actually writing trying to write novels and I ended up just realizing I have to write through this pain and I was sitting in a spa feeling sorry for myself. I had just broken up. A boyfriend had dumped me that I had been dating. Oh. You know?
1: And this was after the two divorces? Yes,
4: yes. And I'm sitting in a spa, and I come across this magazine article, and it's written um, about a journalist who was widowed in her 30s. And she had waited you know, the better part of her life to meet this love of her life. She gets pregnant. They they you know they're ready to enjoy this baby and her husband is stricken by cancer and dies hmm, my and this, God. Oh, before she gives birth yeah, well right like within a couple of months and oh, and it's brutal. and it's horrible and she crosses paths with the late comedian Joan Rivers and Joan Rivers looks at her and says would it kill you to put on some lipstick <laughs> set up what a, a line right and she, and it's and she said set up an online account, go on 100 dates, and you'll meet somebody. And I sat there mm-hmm. in that spa, and I thought, oh, my God, maybe maybe this is the answer. And I had to find out, and so that became the inspiration for my book. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, and so how, tell us a little bit more about the 100 dates then. So, Did you go on 100 dates? That's what everybody you, wants I, to know. Right, okay, are you tallying,
4: tallying every and, single and, time? And pretty darn close. At a couple of things. It's not 100 guys. And I didn't sleep with a 100 guys. Oh,
3: of course. Right. Well, not, not the implication whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. was, but you're still going, grabbing drinks, <laughs> grabbing dinner with yeah. these guys.
4: No, and there's multiple. I mean, there, there ends up becoming really three main dates, three main characters. And then, um, you know, the, then the, the one-off, or you know, two dates or something that I went on with. Wait, within
1: people. your 100-date story, you yes. have pretty much three solid relationships that came from that?
4: Um, I would say one solid relationship at the end. Um at one point I was dating on the west coast I was dating a 33-year-old fireman and on the east coast I was dating a 62-year-old Boston <laughs> CEO. Wait, wow. simultaneously? Wow. Was
2: this was was this at the same time?
4: Yes. Yes.
3: Which which I have a follow-up oh, question okay. for that too is okay. w- w- throughout the course of this year on any given time or any given moment how many guys were you dating simultaneously?
4: I think I think the most at one point was four. Okay. and that was just too much. Whoa, right? Wait,
1: That's did, a lot. Did they know <laughs> was, about was it, the, that you were dating yeah, other was guys? Yeah,
4: your first time juggling. It was, and and this is the other thing is I, you know, I you, you asked me I was married twice, and I was basically married to two Davids, ten years each, and I never, oh. I never dated in between. And, and, so, and when you say
3: Davids, I mean, their names were actually both David.
4: Well, they're not really named David, two guys, same name. Like okay. 20 years of the two guys. Oh, right. I, I okay. always okay. change okay. names right. So, right. for right. privacy. And so I realized, like, here I am in my 40s. I've never had my time. Mm-hmm. I've never had my time to date. And, and I mm-hmm. was clueless. And so I'm going into this pretty darn clueless. And
1: so why do you think you were clueless? Do you think you were clueless because you haven't dated in so long and the world was different? Is that like, how old were you when you first got married? If you don't.
4: Well, I it was 27, but I had been with that, you know, the man to become my husband, like for 10 years, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh,
1: okay. yeah, so, so we've been so...
4: like 20s with one man and then 30s into 40s with the second. And, and, and I didn't have children with my first husband. I had a child with my second. And, um, and so it was doubly painful because there was a child involved too, right? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. That's really tough. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm almost like I'm very I, I, weird to say because we just met. I'm I'm proud of you for being so open though. <laughs> I know that's a weird thing to say, but you can just tell how open you are about your relationships and your past, and trying to really for our listeners give them advice about well, this is what I went through, and hopefully this
3: helps you in some way. That's really cool. And this book is this book is going to be entirely nonfiction, right? Like experiential stuff that you went through in your year off, or do you?
4: Yeah, I mean, I. I cover myself a little bit. It's like 90%. Well, I'm sure you yeah. can like, change
3: names for sake of privacy yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But of it's it's memoir. Nice. It's memoir. Okay, very yeah. cool. Very cool.
4: And, and you know, to your point, Jared, I think what what I want people who listen to me, read my book, understand is that we can let go of this shame. I mean, it weighed me mm-hmm. down. It kept me in a marriage that wasn't working. And a lot of it was... I was worried about how other people would perceive me. Mm-hmm. What would other people think? And think that, of you how? What, well, do you, what do you mean? Negatively, right? You know, it's funny. I met, I don't know, I was in a in a bar in Toronto um a couple months ago, and you know, this guy's chatting me up and he's like, Well, are you married? And I said, No, I'm divorced. And 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 he says, How many times? And I said, oh. twice. And he goes, Two times. Time loser. Oh, he said that get the, the hell out of here. But you know what? It was actually a big moment for me because I realized that's what I had been fearing for years. The
3: judgment, I guess. The judgment, yeah.
4: the judgment. And, and the other thing that happened to me is I had a health crisis in my early forties and I started to realize that, you know, my time here could be really short. Mm-hmm. And do we want to make major life decisions about love, happiness, who we are, based on what other people might think of us. And I realized that the, that the person whose opinion matters the most is my own. Of course. And I had lost my own self-respect.
1: Oh, I can totally empathize with that. And I think for Dean, myself, and Vanessa, um, for us, I think sometimes we cater to social media, at least I do sometimes, because I read comments, and they really bug me. And then I realize that sometimes I do things to make sure I don't get bad comments, if that makes any yeah. sense.
3: Well, I think you made a point earlier, too, when you said you uh, your approach with an opportunity to go on BIP Australia. And you're like, I hate the fact that the thing that's stopping me from going on that show must, uh, most is the criticism that I put, could potentially receive from others. Exactly. Right. And well, so, 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 Holly, to your, your point, then, for the listeners, because I feel like we do get a lot of listener feedback of, People that have gone through a breakup and that are, you know, struggling to get back on the horse and and kind of go through that whole um, struggle. What do you kind of what kind of advice would you have for them to, you know, I guess look past the the potential judgment from our peers or whoever it might be, and I guess kind of allow yourself to to get back out there because it's challenging. Whether it's a divorce, a breakup, a boyfriend, whatever it is, you know.
4: Right, and I think, you know, there's no shame in trying to find love and not getting it right. Mm-hmm. 10 20 30 40 times. However, 100 times, 100 times, <laughs> right? I mean, it's 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 uh, courageous to keep trying and to keep opening our hearts even though we might have scar tissue, you know? And the other thing that I learned on these 100 dates is is that it's not just about going out and trying to meet a guy, you know? It's about putting yourself out into the world, mm-hmm. into the community. Um, one of the things I did in my book is I told myself I was never when I didn't have my daughter I was never allowed to eat home alone right I had to keep putting myself out there mm-hmm. so I would you know go out and I would eat by myself and I would meet men and I would meet women and I made new friends and it totally opened up my world mm-hmm. um, that that the decision to not stay home not feel sorry for myself and to actively bring, new good people into my life right. has completely transformed my For sure.
1: life. Have you always been like that? Because I remember reading as a young age, you went you bought a one-way ticket to Tel Aviv <laughs> and was like, I'm soul-searching right now. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. I'm traveling by myself, which is what Dean just did as well.
4: Yeah, but you know what ended up happening was I, you know, so like, like all of us, or many of us, I, I so badly wanted the traditional marriage and family. And so when I... In both of my marriages I completely gave myself over to the marriage and I you know became a wife mm-hmm. you know a partner but I I realized that in the process I had ended up starting to give up some of my own identity mm-hmm. and and so while it was incredibly painful for me to end up being divorced twice I see now looking back on it 5 6 years later that had I not gotten divorced I would not be who I was meant to be mm-hmm. I am a stronger, more fully developed version of who I am as a human being now. And had I stayed married, I don't know if I would be who I am now. Right.
3: I think you it's it's easy to kind of allow your own identity to not necessarily like fade away, but when you're focusing so much on the relationship, the marriage, whatever it is, you do kind of lose sight of yourself for better or for worse. I think a lot of people can get married and be perfectly okay with that, of losing kind of that bit of individuality that they feel as a as a person before the relationship, right? Um, Some, some couples do it better where they both kind of keep that individuality and some do it where they prioritize the relationship. And I think there's definitely, definitely different ways of doing it. Um, But if you go out and if you soul search, like you said, you traveled alone. I think that in and of itself kind of shows that you, I guess, care enough about you as an individual that you don't want to lose sight of that, which is great. Right. Right. I mean,
4: in the end, don't we, isn't a good relationship about two whole, People coming, coming together. together right right well
3: and I've, I've for my entire life I thought the exact same thing where it's you should go living your life about the way that you decide and plan on living it and eventually someone's gonna come in that's gonna complement that and not necessarily gonna make you do anything differently right so it's like this like utopian idea where I'm just gonna do everything that I want to do when I want to do it and then someone's gonna come in and we're both gonna be doing our things together but separately you know exactly right.
4: and and you know we can make ourselves crazy about you know is this right or wrong but in the end you will know If it works, if that relationship works, it's just going to feel natural and you're not going to have to grind gears too much on it.
1: Yeah, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago who said a relationship isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. And that people need to bring in 100% 100 of themselves into the relationship and it shouldn't be 50% of themselves and then they keep 50% out. Like you need to bring yourself entirely in, your individuality, you know, your good parts your bad parts all of those things um so i mean obviously this begs the question holly are, are you dating are you single what's going on with you yeah so, what's the status well, okay
4: so the status is it's early days um I met a really wonderful guy i've only been dating him for a month mm-hmm. he is kind of freaked out about What
3: I do. It can be intimidating, for sure.
4: Yeah. He said, uh, I feel like I'm dating Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh, That's amazing.
4: And he said...
1: So is he more Aiden or big?
4: (laughs) He's his own guy.
1: (laughs) That's the best answer you could have possibly said. No, he
4: really is. One of a kind. And so he asked me not to talk about us. So he set a very firm boundary, and I'm going to respect it because he's worth it.
3: Oh, that's amazing to hear. Great and necessary, I feel like, especially when... uh, (sighs) I think in a relationship where one party has a voice publicly and the other maybe is not necessarily interested or or doesn't have it, it's very important to set those boundaries I feel like too. Yeah, especially if you cherish and value the relationship. It's great that you guys were able to kind of uh figure that out beforehand, right?
4: It is. Yeah. And and what's, you know, what's nice, you know, the positive about dating in your 40s and into your 50s is hopefully by this time, you know, you know who you are, like you know the guy I'm dating, he knows who he is mm-hmm. and he knows what he wants and, and he's strong in, him, mm-hmm. in his convictions. Um, I, I think another thing that's really interesting about where I'm at in my life versus where you guys are is that I've had my babies, right? You know, biology sets us up. Mm. So the, the partners that, you know, Vanessa and you, and you both are looking for are potentially, you know, the mothers and fathers of your children, and, you know, now here I am 20 years later, I've had my babies. The partner that I'm looking for is very different, mm-hmm. actually. Um, it's it's the the man or the woman to to spend the second half of your life with. And right. it may be very different than who you might choose to, to raise a family with.
3: Well, that's, a, that's an interesting point that you make, too. And it's very evident, I feel like, because I'm in my late 20s now. I would say 27 is late 20s, right? Yeah, mid to late. Yeah. And you can see how... <laughs> Women, maybe in their 30s or so, I know Vanessa's actually spoken on this a couple times. Is you know, it's kind of unfair because there's a biological clock that you have to take into account when you're considering relationships. Yeah. Um, but I guess once that clock has expired, it could be because you've already gotten you know, you have a daughter, you said, yeah, yes, I
4: have a daughter, which
3: is fantastic. What's yeah. her but name? Once... Oh, we don't have to say the name, we call her, her... David. You know, David. David, everyone's like <laughs> David.
4: You know what? In the book, her name is Evie. We call her, Evie. Oh, oh, I love that, I love yeah. that, after
3: yeah. the Pokemon, right. I was like an easy e, but, you know. <laughs> um, but once once that's fulfilled and you don't necessarily have that as a requirement for a relationship, it's interesting to see how that could evolve. Year, the, the the suitors that you're then looking for from that point forward. So yeah, and yeah. you
4: know that's that's what I I ended up doing when I started dating again is I thought you know I'm going to just rid my mind of any pre preconceived idea mm-hmm. of who I should be dating you know based on age. Race, income, all of that, right? You know who I should be dating. Just see who I connect with.
3: I think that's evident uh, by the 40-year gap between the West <laughs> Coast boyfriend and the East Coast boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> which is fantastic. No, you don't, you know discri- what? You don't I
4: highly recommend dating firemen. I really do. Why is that? Well, they're just in good shape.
3: All right. No, I guess fair. I got to find me a fireman.
4: That's
1: fair point. <laughs> um, so, Holly, just if you could give one piece of advice to all the listeners out there who might be going through similar things uh, with you, whether it be breakups, uh, divorces, kind of trying to get themselves back on their feet, what would your best advice be?
4: Put yourself out there. And it doesn't have to be online. It just means leaving the house. And get out into your community, eat dinner once a week by mm-hmm. yourself, get off your phone, Look up and talk to people.
3: That's I think that's the biggest challenge. I could I could empathize with that being difficult because I just love sitting on my couch and not doing Same anything. Air. That's all I do is sit
1: on the couch, eat chip, and, and, and watch, watch Jersey movies.
4: Shore. Right, right. Okay. right. I mean, uh, a I,
3: movie or Jersey Shore, either one.
4: Right, I, say, I say that to my, my girlfriends. I mean, unless there's a home invasion, you're not going to meet anybody right?
1: (laughs) No, you're right. And it's increasingly more difficult to leave the house because there's just so many options and distractions.
3: Like why would I ever
1: want to leave the couch when everything I want is right there?
3: And I mean, there is something to be said about internet dating that you can do that from home as well. But I know you said you are an advocate for that, right? Internet dating.
4: I am. Yes, I am. Um, I mean, I've met wonderful people, you know, online, real life, and also setups. Um, I am, I am sort of finding that the best people I meet are or when somebody says, hey, I have a great friend I want you to meet, mm-hmm. and or, or just someone you meet in real life, as you were saying, when you're out there just doing your thing, right. and then you connect with the, like-minded the, people.
3: There's a, there's a short story written by B.J. Novak, who is an executive producer on The Office, my all-time favorite show. Uh, the book's called One More Thing. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but it's a collection of short stories, and B.J. Novak is hilarious. He's a genius. He writes a story where uh, if and when he's ready to fall in love with someone, That he's going to wear a red, a bright red shirt wherever he goes. And then he's just going to do everything he would do regularly, like not have to worry about anything else. At the end of every single day, he would go on Craigslist, Missed Connections, and just type in red shirt. (laughs) And then he would see what everyone is uh, saying about him wearing the red shirt. And he knows that that person would then fall for him for being exactly who he is at any given moment. You know what I mean?
1: Wait, would he ever meet up with these misconnections? Well,
3: it's like a, it's a fictional short story. Oh, okay. But it's just like a funny thing to do. It's like because you just go out and live your life, do what you're gonna do, and then like you see if like if it draws anyone into you, mm-hmm. then that's the person that could potentially be the one that's for you. It's just like it's a funny, I don't know, yeah, know. ironic way to meet someone, you know. <laughs> well, totally. and
4: red is isn't red like completely symbolic of love and Passion, and, they, and they right? actually well, and they Fire. actually say I think psychologically if you're wearing red you're actually more attractive to the opposite really yeah I ah. don't know where I got that from but I think I, read that I, think I could just, just be pulled, making it up I just, I, I just pulled that out of somewhere and
3: nobody is wearing red in this studio right say, red is my least favorite color I don't think I've ever worn red yeah uh, really you've never seen me in red it's just it's not my color I see a lot of uh, grays blues and yep maybe occasionally greens you're um, camo,
0: <laughs> a lot of camo lots of camo, uh, lots of camo
1: lots of camo so Holly what are you up to now
4: so um, I've actually begun work on my second book. Ooh! Um, and it's, what was the name of your first book? I'm sorry. It's called "Would It Kill You to Put on Some Lipstick?" Yes. A year and a hundred dates. So, my that's my first baby, and I I want to get that book out into the world starting, you know, the fall.
3: And for the listeners doing math at home, that's one date every 3.65 days. That's a lot of dates.
4: <laughs> It's yeah. That's
3: it's, two dates a week, Dean. You don't even have a calculator in front of you. You just do that math in
1: your head. It's, it's kind of impressive. Yeah,
4: it really is. Um, and so, and so then, what happened is I started to think about, um, you know, where am Where am I now at this point in my life? I'm comfortable with being single. I'm still open to finding love. And on the heels of another breakup, I find myself in December of uh, just this last year. I, I have three weeks, um, and I'm alone. And I just I tell myself, and I sort of last minute, am spending Christmas, the holidays by myself. And I thought, hmm. you know, I am not going to sit here and wallow in this. I got to do something. So I told myself I needed to go to three new places by myself that I'd never been before. And it was last minute because it was the holidays. So I, I first place I booked Punta Mita, Mexico. Second place I went to was Copenhagen for Christmas, nice. and then the third was Lisbon for New Year's. And then when I was in Copenhagen, I got a bonus country in because my writer friend said you just got to take the train over to to Malmo, Sweden. You can get a train across hmm. the water. And she said my brother is a mime. You need <laughs> you need to meet <laughs>
1: Amazing. him. Amazing. You're gonna love him.
4: You, yeah, so so great, the book great quick, listener, big talker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's actually very very cool. And so my book, I think the title is going to be called Drinking with Mimes.
3: That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah,
4: so and 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 so that that whole trip ended up becoming the most crazy adventure. And it, I came home. I mean, just a different person in a way. You know? I mean,
1: both of you guys can answer this. What is traveling alone for an extended period of time in new places that you've never been do for your character for your for your soul, so to speak?
4: Okay, so so one of the things I've noticed um, traveling by myself as a woman is. Yeah, I'm vulnerable. I have to pay attention to safety, but I'm also more approachable, and and so I tend to meet wonderful people. So when I'm right, when I'm traveling, when I'm you know in this book, I'm looking for new stories from the people that I meet, and I'm hoping maybe there's a little romance or someone I'm going to meet. And and what happens is, if you if you trust your intuition, and just keep yourself open, wonderful things will happen. Um, I, you know, when I showed up in Lisbon for New Year's this year, I had no plans. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was wandering around the city by myself, and I, I see this small palace. And I think, oh, this looks interesting. And I wander in and see that it's actually been turned in, brand new, turned into a, um, someone has just turned it into a hotel and mm-hmm. there's a restaurant. And so I decide I'm going to go there tonight by myself. So I go there, and um, I'm eating alone, and everyone's sort of staring at me like I'm some kind of freak. <laughs> and, and the wait staff comes over and says, "You know, you're, you're alone. I really think you should meet the owner of the hotel." Oh That's awesome. So in comes a man. He's, he's probably six foot seven, wearing a long black custom-made cape.
1: Huh. So not as tall as Dean and myself, but pretty close. <laughs> yeah.
4: And he's he's playing for the other team. He's gay. <laughs> okay. But he takes me under his wing and he says, "I want to take you Wait, to Wait, like under, fig- not under the figuratively cape, or under the cape, literally. Not under the cape. Okay. Not under the cape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just wanted to clarify.
4: No, and he's and he has this it turns out the palace has the second highest best view of, of Portugal. Huh. Uh, or sorry, of Lisbon. So, we go up there, we drink port and we have a grand old time, we tell each other our life stories, and he says, I'm having a New Year's Eve party tomorrow night, and I would like you to come as my guest. Nice. And that's a whole other story. (laughs) i met people from all over the world. I had, my New Year's Eve was, you know, church bells ringing all across Lisbon, fireworks for as far as the eye can see, and new people. And I realized that by doing this, by putting myself out there, trusting my intuition and taking a risk, look at how wonderful my life can be. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, if it was socially acceptable to wear a cape in Los <laughs>
3: Angeles, you would be the first one to right, put a I'd cape I'd on. You would be walking
1: around with one. Well, Holly, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. This was wonderful. Uh, everybody, you can go find Holly uh, at hollymartin.com. Can you tell us where else people yes, can find you or also, a little bit about your website? Yes,
4: yeah, so hollymartin.com and Martin is spelled M A R T Y N. And um, social media, I'm at Holly L. Martin.
1: Mm-hmm. What what's the L? Uh, you! I always ask names I'm so curious David, about names but yeah, Holly David, David yeah Holly David <laughs> the hell stands for David I don't <laughs> David. know why I still like <laughs> it's
4: David <laughs> I just um, love
3: finding out more names I don't know why <laughs> Holly well thank you so much for joining us uh, book comes out you said later this year yeah well
4: we're hoping to announce this, this fall okay
3: it's, it's awesome well
4: right now. here
1: at Help I Suck at Dating we need someone to publish this because I want to read this book <laughs> absolutely would
3: it kill what, you to put on some lipstick would it kill you to put on some lipstick exactly um, be sure to check it out bookshelves end of the year uh, hollymartin.com In the meantime, we'll circle back with you later on, maybe once it gets published.
4: That sounds great.
3: Plug it again. Okay. See how the second one's coming along.
4: Thank you so much, you guys.
3: Well, that was wonderful. Holly, she was so sweet, wasn't she? She She was. was. She's what she's. she's, It's not often where you meet someone and so quickly just want to see them win, you know? I agree. I feel like with someone so open and honest about the struggles and the failures that they've had in life, it's just like you just want them what the best for them you know
1: yeah she's very vulnerable and she's also bringing she brought like a warmness around she did her. very sweet um oh. you know what else she had well
2: from oh i was gonna say i'm not in studio and i didn't get the chance to like um have a conversation with you guys because my phone cut off but i was wondering probably the same question you're asking yourself does she have gray hair
1: vanessa she, she had such great hair there's only one thing that she could possibly be using in order to get such wonderful hair like that what do you
3: think it is?
2: Dean, do you know what we're talking about?
3: I have no idea. Can someone please tell me?
2: <laughs> Hello, the sugar bear hair. Oh, of course sugar it was sugar bear, bear hair. hair. Oh I sh- of God. course
1: it was. Yeah.
2: So I was actually, I'm in New York City, and I was with Kayla today, and I was just staring at her. And I'm like, your hair is so thick and luscious. And so, anyways, I'm in New York. I'm, um, I flew in last night, and I brought with me my actual, my travel size of uh, sugar bear gummies. Um, they're so delicious. They're only supposed to take two a day, but they're so irresistible. So if you can picture any celebrity with amazing hair, you can bet they have a stylist who clue them in to the Sugar Bear hair. Sugar Bear hair is a bestseller on Amazon with thousands of rave reviews. I've been using it for probably now over a year. Um, I keep talking about it. I've seen the quality of my hair get thicker, my nails. Um, they taste like sweet, delicious candy made with juice of real berries, but they contain everything you need for stronger and healthier hair as much vitamin A as four cups of broccoli, as much vitamin C as one cup of cranberries, and as much vitamin D12 as four organic eggs. Nutrients and Sugar Bear Hair fans also found their nails and skin quality improved over time, and I can attest to that.
1: Well, I, I mean, it sounds like the best product in the world. I mean, I know that Ashley used Sugar Bear Hair. I know Dean uses it because there's no possible way your hair could be so perfect without this.
3: My favorite thing about it is it just tastes delicious. I'll just... It does taste pretty awesome. You, you definitely should not eat more than recommended, but I could eat those things all day long. No, uh, you're not. A huge sure. bag you of them.
2: Two a day, yeah. Two a day, guys. Uh,
1: it's only supposed to be two a day, but uh, yes, you only eat two a day. And we're telling you that. So you, all you guys have to do is go to sugarbearhair.com/slash/help. You go there for beautiful hair and a healthier you. That's sugarbearhair.com/slash/help. Go check it out, guys. Now, moving on to the question that we all have on our minds. Oh boy, Dean, you've been away for so long. Are you still single? Did you meet the love of your life? Was while you every, were traveling? Was that
3: on everyone's mind? Well, I was thinking
1: because I was—I was thinking to myself, you know, you'd been away for a while, you have been traveling. I yeah. wonder what his dating life has been like, and if Did you date while you were away, if you met the one internationally. You guys, I'm engaged to be married.
2: Oh, yeah, stop. for
3: real. This met you're a girl. So
2: many hearts right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It's—I uh, think traveling alone. I'm not really one that goes out to drinks by myself so it's funny because holly Mm -hmm. was here and she's like just get off the couch go outside and like do stuff and meet people and Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah that's great but i like spent the entire days like exploring walking around like doing activities that i wanted to do
2: like you've met interesting people along the way just people that i guess you weren't um i mean i did but it wasn't it wasn't my like
3: it wasn't my objective to meet a person while i was traveling to date and that i only far spent away
2: too yeah exactly
3: And I, I only spent like three to four days max in each country that i visited so i was moving around very like a lot and so it's like like if i was maybe in a place for a week or two weeks then you kind of like familiarize yourself a little bit more you know and you kind of have right. the ability to go potentially meet someone but again it wasn't really that high on my list there were moments where like when i went to indonesia and greece and amsterdam uh i met up with some of my friends from los angeles and their, their mindsets were so much different than mine. It was like in in Greece, for instance, it was me and three of my buddies. And they were just like, let's go out and party and like try and talk to girls. And I'm just like, I really do not want to be doing that. But oh. like, obviously, I did. Like, I went out with I like I, went I out don't
1: want to go. I went I'll out see with you them. There.
3: I'll see you at the club at 11. Exactly. Please. And it was fun. It's just like it wasn't necessarily maybe what I would be doing. That's kind of the funny thing that uh, that I realized on this trip is I have two very prominent, but very conflicting ideas is that I always want to make the people around me happy and like do what they want to do. So like someone's like, let's go to the club. I'm like, all right, let's do it. But then on the other hand, I'm always like, I just want to do what I want when I want to do it. And so it's like these two things that are like so conflicting, but so like,
2: but I mean I guess it's nice sometimes to get out of your comfort zone and do things that you're not used to doing. You
3: know, I no, I fully agree, but I feel like one of those things are let's go to the bar and get hammered. It's just like okay, we've done yeah. that a thousand yeah. times before. Yeah, is that really yeah. outside
1: my comfort zone if I've done it right. a million times? Right,
3: and I mean that's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. it's fun, and like I enjoy I enjoy spending time with my friends and acting like morons. Um, like I, I've got some. Dumb I mean, we do that t-tos. enough at the podcast. That's do you really a, need to go out and that's do true. that? And especially when you add alcohol <laughs> into the equation, like I'm on I'm enough of an mm-hmm. idiot sober, and then you get me drunk, and I just become an even bigger idiot. Do you walk up to a lot of girls when you're drunk? <laughs> do you, you, like, approach a lot of girls? No. That's a good question. I don't think I do. I'm so curious.
1: <laughs> I mean, I black I out to, halfway through. Well, it's not that I
3: black Thank out. It's you a, are, I just... Uh, huh?
2: You are, you are friendlier when you're... I mean, you're friendly, period. Right. But uh, you're friendlier when you're... A little bit more
3: and talk to you. I'm a very affectionate person, and that definitely shines through after a couple drinks. <laughs> I
1: used to be m- more scared to approach a girl when I was drunk. Why? Than I was sober because I was oh because I was to the point where I was drunk, but I was still self aware. Mm. So I knew that oh. there's potential I could be slurring my words or being or not oh. as speaking as intelligently as I want to because right. I'm three or four drinks a in, a little inebriated. Exactly.
3: There was a mm-hmm. back to the to the earlier point. There was a. a Girl I met up with in Japan, she like DM'd me um, and she was like, hey, like I'm from Aspen. I live in Japan now. And I was like, oh, this girl's from the same town as me and she's in Japan, like a local. So like I met up with her and her mother. Like she just like <sighs> where the brand was what? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't hear Aspen and not quote Dumb and I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's very it's very nice to get a local's perspective of a city that you've never been to before. So there were a couple instances where I was like, OK, like, yeah, I'd love to have you show me around like what good restaurants, whatever it is. Um, and it's funny cause Japan was the first stop in my trip. And then when I went to Indonesia and I was like fully alone again for a little bit, I was like, Oh wow. Like I really, I like missed her, <laughs> you know, like I spent like a day walking around with her and her mom. And then, uh, we like went down to like some museum together.
2: Wait, 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 hold on. This is a girl who randomly split into your DM.
3: Yes. But she was, she, we had a lot of, oh my mutu- God. we had a lot of mutual friends and she was from the same town as uh. me growing up. And so I felt comfortable enough with going along with that. Totally. And like we didn't like do anything, like we didn't kiss, we didn't like. I don't even think we like t- hugged each other or anything like that. But there was like a point where I was like fully alone. I was like, wow, like I really kind of miss this girl, which is just weird. So what did you do about well, it? Well, I mean, I didn't really do anything. I was just like, I, <laughs> there's no reason for me to really be missing her. It's like I think I just am lonely right now, and mm-hmm. like that's like the last genuine human interaction that I had. So that's kind of what I was like remembering, yeah. you know. Interesting. So where was? So you
1: traveled? I mean, can you give just like a short little explanation of yeah. where
3: you actually went? Yeah, I went L.A. to Japan, and in Japan, I went to Tokyo, Kyoto. Uh, Hiroshima and then Indonesia and then Malaysia, Singapore, Greece, wow. uh, Paris, Amsterdam, Ireland, Iceland, New York. And then I landed what? in Los Angeles last night at and 11 p.m. You literally traveled around the world. Then that was the thing, too. I like, yeah, so I bought one of my tickets to Japan and then I had friends in Indonesia, like I said. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to meet them in Indonesia. And then my friend was like, hey, I'm going to be in Greece this day. You should come. And I was like, okay. And then so I was already like, I was already like a third of the way around the world. And I was like, oh, it would be interesting to just continuously go west. And then that's just kind of how, I mean, it was like, it's the first ever solo trip I've done. It was maybe the, like, the longest duration of traveling I've done outside of the Bachelorette when yeah. I was gone for eight weeks. This was five mm-hmm. weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really do any planning. People always like would reach out to me and like, they're, they're like, Hey, like I'm planning a trip, but I don't know how to like plan it. And you seem to be really good at kind of figuring out what you're going to do next. I'm every time that I would respond to be like, no, like I don't even have my hotel room booked for tomorrow. Um, like all this, like stuff, stuff that I would just do like days in advance. So
1: did you uh, stay in a lot Mm -hmm. of hostels? Or, no, I'm not a hostel
3: guy. Where did you stay in? In did hotels. You, get, you
1: stayed in hotels. Yeah. Oh, okay. There I was, was curious about that because I know a lot of people that travel by themselves or backpack Europe. They stay well, in hostels. hostels. And
3: like, I wish I was better yeah. at it because like it's a ten dollars a night versus a hundred dollars a night. You know. Um. There was a there was a hostel I stayed in in Japan, but it was a bed and book. So it was like a big bookcase on the wall, and then like carved into the bookcase were beds. So it was like just it was like a unique like. I don't know what to call it like a niche hostel or something like that.
1: Yeah, I've seen the movie too many times. Like I maybe I <laughs> maybe I'm just that weirdo. Yeah, I
3: haven't seen the movie. Oh, don't. Yeah.
1: If you yeah, ever want to stay in a hostel, do not that. see scary one movies. or part 2. Um, cuz I was curious about oh, that. Oh, you
2: talking about the movie hostel?
1: Yeah, you know, where like they just oh, okay, kill each I, other in yeah, yeah. mass yeah. grave. <laughs> Easton is showing us something on the <laughs> computer screen right now. Oh, like in he's showing us, he's showing us the scene from Seinfeld. Beds
0: carved into a bookcase in Seinfeld, they slept in a dresser, and that's what I thought of. Yeah,
1: Yeah, pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, so pretty much Kramer would have been your hotel manager.
3: (laughs) Uh, I can't do hostels though. Maybe four or five years ago. I just like, I like my personal space too much. I like totally. the ability to like just kind of sprawl out and put all my stuff everywhere. It's so funny when you said mm-hmm. your buddy was like, hey, come to Greece. All I could think about
1: was like last week, somebody was like, hey, come to Coffee Bean in Burbank. And last week, <laughs> Dean was like, hey, somebody come to Greece. Why don't well, you just come over here for the day?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It was, it's like, you know, you're traveling, so you might as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You go for it. Go. What the- was your favorite spot? Uh, there were a few favorite spots. Japan, I'd always wanted to visit Tokyo. I'm a big, like, anime um, and video game nerd, so it was, like, nice to kind of see the birthplace of those places. Like, the Nintendo, Easton and I talk about Nintendo every every once in a while, and, um, I mean, I have, like, a couple of video game tattoos, so, uh, it was cool to see that. Bali was one of the most, like, naturally beautiful places I've ever been to, Mm, but the the cliffs of... I want to go. You should, absolutely. The the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland, so... Um, I posted a video of my drone crashing cause I was, it was like really windy. I don't know how it just, it failed. Uh, but it was like super windy and you can like leave the tourist section, like joke, like over a fence, and, like walk down these like kind of sketchy paths with like wind gusts, like, like blowing at you and like these big steep cliffs. So like not many people go down there cause it's kind of scary. Um, mm-hmm. And I walked like a mile down to this peninsula. I was completely by myself, like no one within a, like, a square mile of me. And the wind was like howling, so you could, like, couldn't even hear yourself like breathing basically. And I was like running around like a complete maniac, like yelling at the top of my lungs, like this is so awesome. I've never been to such a cool place in my entire life. And I was like, I like every time I turned my head and like face a different direction, I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the cliffs and the sun was like p- like mm-hmm. shining through the clouds and the waves were like crashing on the beach below. I. Was, like it completely blew my mind. I was like, I felt sad leaving because I was like, I know I'm not going to be back here if ever for a very long time. So it was like, mm-hmm. this is like the most naturally beautiful place I've ever been to in my entire life.
1: That was my favorite part of all of your social posts was the, those cliffs. Like, oh my god, that was the most beautiful thing in the and world.
3: Was, and I felt uh, so. Anyone that's my my friend on Snapchat, I kind of felt bad for because I kept sending them Snapchats of me <laughs> just like like freaking out, like, oh my god, look at this. And then like they were probably watching on their phones, like, yeah, that's cool. But like being there in person, it was it just in absolutely person, sure, blew yeah. my mind. And uh, Corfu, there's it's a small island in the north of Greece was. Uh, absolutely beautiful, and Iceland was really cool as well. I mean, everything was really cool. Yeah, but,
1: everything was so different that yeah. it's probably hard to compare.
3: I think the thing that I didn't like, like my least favorite, was maybe Paris. I think it was a little hyped. Was a little it hyped. like touristy? Yeah, very no, touristy. it is. It is. Yeah.
2: Uh, do you find the people in, in, in Paris are not as friendly as other countries you visited? Yeah,
3: I would say out of the ones that I visited, it probably was the least friendly, but that's never... Yeah. I, I, th- I think Jared and I talked about this a little bit when I called in from Paris, actually, uh, is... I think the power of kindness works so well in our daily lives, but it even works so much better when you're traveling. Like, you don't speak the same language mm-hmm. as someone in, you know, either Japan or mm-hmm. Indonesia or wherever it is. But, like, if you're, like, genuinely, like, curious and interested and kind to the person that you're talking to, like, I think that I was able to experience a lot more things better because of the, I guess, reception that people had to the amount of kindness that you're able right. to share with them. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Did, you, did you get well, recognized
4: yeah, no.
3: Uh, there were a few times, mostly American travelers, uh, in Malaysia, uh, another girl DM'd me and was like, Hey, and like, I didn't really know what to do in Kuala Lumpur. Like there was like some caves that I went to and some towers that I saw uh, and I was there for like three days, but she, she messaged me and she said, Hey, like I'm a big fan and she was Malaysian. And so like I went out with like her and her four of her friends in Malaysia and like maybe like every country, there was like one or two people that recognized me, but not like a whole lot. But it is always so, so funny to see. And even when we went to India back in March, um, I think Rachel's season was airing in India at the time. Oh, wow. And so people were like noticing me a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just funny. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think how international – Bachelor is. I was just thinking like uh-huh.
1: Dean's whole trip was based upon where the show was airing.
3: <laughs> like his season was
4: <laughs> oh, uh...
1: airing in Bali. Oh, I'm going to go to Bali. <laughs>
3: uh, but it really is crazy to hear, to like see firsthand how international the show is because for every stop on the journey, I would share like my, my next destination. Like, okay, today I'm traveling to uh, Greece or today I'm traveling to Amsterdam. And like every time people would be like, oh my God, like go here. Or like, hey, my cousin lives there. Mm-hmm. I'd love for them to show you around. Or like, I would like to like meet up and show you around, like, that type of stuff. It's just weird. Every destination, even, like you, you'll go to Malaysia. You don't really expect anyone in Malaysia to know who you are, nor should they really know who you are for any mm-hmm. reason at all. But like, sure <laughs> enough, they do. And it's just like, it's, it's a crazy thing to experience firsthand, you know? Totally. Yeah. How long exactly were you gone? Uh thirty six days. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh and I didn't do laundry once. Very proud of that fact. Wow. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, what do you
0: mean? That, like,
3: did somebody do laundry for you or you just didn't wash yeah, your did
0: clothes at you all? Your <laughs> no, your
3: underwear? I just, well, I don't wear underwear, so I didn't bring a single pair of underwear uh, with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Do you know, know what you just all? did to our <laughs> Listeners,
1: Dean, our female uh, audience. Yeah, they're all going to be repulsed. Like, so oh, yeah, I don't wear underwear. you know, I don't think I'd use <laughs> the word repulsed to, to explain is, what they're, th- they're thinking right I now. I
3: just don't find it comfortable. It's very restricting. Sometimes, yeah, 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 I I, hear you. I think that underwear was manufactured. By the soap industry to sell more clothes for humans okay. to wear to then ultimately wash in the washer. This guy,
1: he probably says, did <laughs> you say the same thing about Halloween? It was created by the candy it company. Was. <laughs> yeah, here we
3: go. Um, July 4th is created by the, the, the gift card companies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You don't even use soap to shower.
3: Uh, you just. A... I I started using soap a little bit more, especially while traveling. I was like, all right, I feel a little filthy just from like sitting on an airplane for so long. Okay. Totally. What did you bring? How many shirts? How many pants? So it's funny. I brought three pairs of pants, all black jeans, uh, and I only wore one of them the entire time because like the other two just didn't really fit me very well. Uh, and then I brought like five T-shirts uh, and a pair of swimsuits or a pair of swimsuit or whoa, a Swim- swimsuit. Okay. And like two pairs of socks. Uh, Two pairs of socks for 36 days. Was
2: this a carry-on?
1: It was a carry-on, yeah. So you're telling me that (laughs) you brought two pairs of socks and wore one pair of pants, and you don't wear any underwear, and you did no laundry?
3: (laughs) When you put it like that, it sounds really bad.
2: (laughs) I'm in New York City for three days, and I kept in a luggage.
3: I brought okay, so I bought a pair of shorts in Paris to match with Alex, who met, met up with me. We we got matching outfits. Cute. Uh, so cute.
2: So
3: cute. <laughs> I had another pair of shorts, so I had like three maybe pants that I cycled through.
2: Then? Huh? Were you wearing underwear then when you when you wrapped your legs around Alex? Of course not.
3: You know, I haven't worn underwear in years. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though. You you never smell. I'm not a smell. I'm fortunate to not be a smelly person. I wore. I like all. Uh-huh. You had uh, deodorant in? I wore deodorant. Okay. I lo- I ran out of floss like a, like a couple weeks in. That was pretty bad. I couldn't find floss for a while. Um, Are you a big flosser every day? Big flosser. I have to floss. Uh, I bought hats every country I went to. I got a new hat. Okay. Um, okay, that's not really. that's not really a hygiene thing, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a fun, oh, that's
0: interesting kind of thing. I have one more question about the trip. Okay. Did you kiss anyone?
3: In the 36 <laughs> days. No, Alex. <laughs> okay. All right. I oh. kissed a guy under the Eiffel Tower.
1: Oh. Aw, that's, yeah, that's
3: adorable. <laughs> it's funny because Alex was like, well, we were like talking about it because there's like a dumb little bit, you know, like, like for just for fun. Uh, he's like, uh, we should like go to the Eiffel Tower. I was like, okay, yeah, that's funny. He's like, yeah, we should like get a video of uh, you jumping on me and like, well, put our hands over our mouths and kiss each other and i was like no f- that we're not putting our oh sorry for the it's, curse word okay. <laughs> we're not putting our hands over our mouths we're gonna go if we're, we're gonna, gonna do, do it, this do we're it. gonna do it we're yes. gonna do
1: the full tom brady,
3: <laughs> the, full tom brady. <laughs> the full tom brady he, he had that video of uh, he kisses <laughs> his dad
1: he kisses his oh he kisses yeah, yeah you yeah, guys yeah. have heard about this it's oh, yeah. like a huge thing yes I oh, remember. okay wow well. it's like am i an idiot right now I no um i just have one more question too so you know after traveling alone and then going through this experience 36 days on yourself traveling to new places coming back what have you learned? Is there one thing where you're like, this is what I, I mean, I've taken a lot out of this trip, but this is the one thing that I come back with yeah, more there,
3: than anything. There have been like a lot of like a, a random assortment of thoughts. You know, like you'll have like one thought and then you'll kind of lose it, come back to it later and then that kind of is like a, just a perpetual like on, ongoing thing. Um, there was a thought that I had that kind of stuck with me that involved relationships especially because obviously this is a relationship century podcast so it's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's interesting to have a thought on that. Um, I think that what I've never really done, well, what I've always kind of done, or maybe what I need to do moving forward is <laughs> focus entirely on myself. And I think I've done that, but with the mistakes that I've made as they pertain to relationships is I'm focusing on myself, but then I'm allowing other people to come into my life in the capacity of a relationship. And I just don't think that when you're Like I guess the word selfish is really the way to look at it is like when you're focusing on yourself It's perfectly fine to do that But you shouldn't let someone else come into your life while you're doing that because all that Sets them up for is disappointment. I would think and so i'm at this point now where i'm like I still want to focus on myself and I still want to do what I want when I want But now I have this realization that I think because i'm doing that I shouldn't even be interested in Inviting someone into that mess of a life that i'm going to be living, you know
2: think it's that you shouldn't it's just you're probably just not at a point right now where you're comfortable enough to invite someone into that well it's
3: that's part of it too but it's just like i love doing i love i like i'm such a a head case to the point where i'm a contrarian and i love proving people wrong and i like like to do what i want when i want to do it and i think those two things kind of uh make it challenging to for me to date someone else you know so it's like you can you have
2: something you're trying to work on
3: I don't know if I'm trying to work on it. I think it's just something that I have to, uh, like, let blow by, like, like, grow out Get of it. Out of it sort like, yeah, grow out of it, sort right. of thing.
2: I think it's a mature uh, way to look at it. You know, being self-aware of the things that you're, uh, the person that you are, and the person that you want to become. That's a step towards, um, you know, being able to invite someone. Into your life and have a successful relationship because oftentimes we, you know, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Like, I think oftentimes um, we end up in relationships to fill a void, or we end up in relationships because we're bored, or we end up in relationships for the wrong reason. Oh, God, it sounds like I'm back to <laughs> But You know, it, 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 it's important to. I'm loving this time. I've you been even updated on my, my love life, but I'm like completely single right now. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, Mark, you were there last podcast. Yeah, no, that's okay. news I'm, to me. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Vanessa announced yeah. last podcast. She yeah. is single, ready yeah. to mingle. And happy about this?
2: I'm so, I'm very happy. And Good. I'm, you know, I think it's important to realize that when relationships don't work out, whether it's a year long relationship, two year long relationship, two week relationship, it doesn't work out for a reason. And um, there's no point in like feeling sorry for yourself because, you met someone, like you didn't think you were going to meet the person you dated, so there's someone else waiting for you or, you know, there's someone else out there for you. So just, just make room for that person to walk into your life and you don't have to go searching for it. It's it, just a matter of, happen a, when it happens.
3: Yeah, exactly. Just letting the, car, the cards fall as they may. I think that's a realization yeah. I had too, is I, I love, I didn't realize how much I enjoy uh, being alone. Like it's like there are moments of loneliness, mm-hmm. especially it's my nice phone.
2: Feeling. But be careful with that though, because you might get too comfortable.
3: Yeah, but that's fine, right? Like you have friends.
2: Mm, no. No, cuz you want like unless you don't want to be in a relationship ever.
3: Well, I do at some point. I
1: think we I think if yeah. you put a time frame on it, then you're okay. Like if you're, you know, I mean, you're so God, it's going. You're 27, you have you're so young. You have plenty of time. Oh, right. Right. You're 29? To yeah, you 29 yourself and 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 want to be alone. You're 29? Yeah.
4: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
3: I mean, I'm two years younger than you. I thought that. Not that bad. No, what
4: I'm saying, <laughs> though, is yeah, like, I'm I I'm feel like... 31.
1: Well, Vanessa, you're still... We're all so young. Our think,
3: resident senior, Vanessa Grimaldi. I think
1: you and I are just different in that. <laughs> we're like, yes, I love my alone time, but I don't want to be alone. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I mean, there
3: were moments. So my phone got stolen out of my pocket in Indonesia. I got pick, I got pickpocketed. You got pickpocketed? Yeah. Okay. And let's, I thought you just, like, left your phone somewhere. No, no, no. It was stolen. So I'll tell you the story. So we were uh, last night in Bali. Uh, we were obviously like partying and drinking all day. Uh, we were riding our scooters to this next location that our friend had told us to meet them at or something like that. And it was, I was on the back of my friend Tony's, uh, scooter. And then my friends, Will and Zach were on this other scooter. Uh, and we like stopped at a, at a light or something to turn. And this person like jumped on the back and they were all like getting like, I, I don't know. It was weird. They were all like being loud and outrageous and obnoxious. Um, and then they left. And then my friend like looked at everyone and was like, "Hey, those people are notorious pickpockets here in Indonesia. Like, you should check your pockets, and make sure you have everything." So I checked my front, checked <sighs> yeah. my back, everything was there. Um, my wallet was good, my phone was there. And then like three minutes later, I pull my phone out to text someone, and I pull it out, and it was just the case. So this person took the phone out of my pocket, wow. took it off what? out of the case, and then put the case back in my pocket.
1: Dude, this is George Clooney from Motions 11. Whoever that guy is. No, you're
3: thinking right. Matt Damon.
1: Matt Damon is the pitpocketer, but yeah, obviously, Dan, I was going to say Matt Damon, but I was probably would be <laughs> like, Matt Damon, what did he do in yes. the movie? Everybody and, knows George
3: Clooney. And I was so, like, I mean, I, I'll i admit. So like, when you checked and everything was there, it was already just the case at that point? Yes. Wow. Right, because you feel the case. You're like, wow. okay, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't expect got it. it. Right. Um, and then so that was really hard because then I woke up the next morning and I had to fly to Malaysia like without a phone. That's uh, scary. landed in the airport in Kuala Lumpur and went straight to the, like the Apple reseller there, uh, and had to get a new phone. But then it was like, how do I activate with my iCloud? Because everything mm-hmm. is like, you have to authenticate it with your phone number. Like we're going to text you a code and I'm like, we yep. can't text me a code because I don't have my old phone number. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I had a Malaysian phone number and then I had a Greek phone number. I didn't get my US phone number back until, wow. uh, yesterday actually. So
2: were they able to delete everything from your other phone?
3: Well, and that's the thing, too. Then they, like, somehow were able to disable the Find My iPhone app. And so, like, I couldn't track them down. Like, we turned around on our scooters and, like, tried to track down the people. Um, but we didn't have any luck there. I was, like, going around, like, asking every single person I could find. I was like, hey, like, I lost my, like, someone stole my phone. Uh, do you know anything about that? And everyone's like, no, you're, you're out of luck. There's no way they're going to get that back. So, so then, like, going to Malaysia, I didn't have a phone. I, like, had just gotten my phone stolen. I felt very disconnected from everything and everyone And I was like, I just like, I needed to like, I FaceTimed a couple of my friends and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just like a little depressed right now because of all this, this whole situation that went down. But that was definitely the lowest moment I think of the trip. And I like, I, I'm very attached to my phone as much as I hate to admit that. Like I'm on it quite often. I think
2: we all are, but it's not, it's it's just like, especially if you're in another country, you can't, you know, that's. Worst case scenario, and it happened
1: to you. So it sounded like a pretty incredible trip, iPhone being stolen aside, obviously. Yes. So it's it's pretty cool. Now, I have a question for you, Dean. Did, yeah. you, did you work out at all while you were traveling? Did you see
3: that picture I posted in Greece? I was buff as hell. Dude,
1: you were ripped like Brad Pitt from Fight Club, 1999. <laughs> 1999. <laughs> it was unbelievable. 1999. <laughs> that's Fight Club, right? I don't know, maybe. Uh, that's when yeah. he was, like, super shredded. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Me, I'm you sorry, wanna, do you want to know how I got that references? shredded?
3: Because I was eating food. Everywhere I went, obviously, and as much of it as I possibly could. But the one thing that really kept me in shape, and you guys have heard me talk about it before, all, all of us have talked about it before, I guess, is Beach Body on Demand.
1: Oh, totally. Body on Demand is yeah. incredible. I mean, to our listeners, I hope that they've all gotten their free trial by now. If you keep listening to this podcast, we keep talking about Beach Body on Demand. Um, you can get all these different trainers and programs. Some of the trainers on there are T, uh, T25. He's awesome. Uh, Sean T doesn't require any extra equipment. It only takes 25 minutes a day. So like by the time you go to the gym, park, get in the gym, work out, leave, that's already like an hour and 20 minutes of your time. This Beach Body on Demand, you can get done in 25 minutes minutes and save yourself some time and you can
3: get it anywhere too that's the best
1: part about it no you can get it anywhere yeah your hotel room hotel your room, house airport uh, you know Vanessa while you're on the podcast you could be working out with Beachbody on demand yep. even though you don't need it um but this is also the company that's behind uh P90X the Insanity which I think Dean
3: did you say you tried it in Sanity one time is that you I did it once I'm more of a hip-hop abs guy though Oh, hip hop
1: abs. Yep. The three you got hip hop abs on here, three-week yoga retreat and more. You get world-class trainers like we talked about. Uh Sean T, you got Tony Horton on there. Um so listen, guys, this is what you're gonna wanna do. I don't understand what anybody's waiting for anymore. You can join the over one million people currently on Beachbody on demand. Right now, listeners, you can get a special free trial membership. You hear that? It's free. You don't have to pay for anything. When you text Dean, that's D-E-A-N. What a great name. God, I love that name. Thanks, you text <laughs> <laughs> You text Dean, D-E-A-N, to 30... 3030 that's 303030 um, and you'll get full access to the entire platform for free all the workouts the nutrition information and the support you get it totally free again all you have to do is text dean d-e-a-n to 303030 get your free trial now check it
0: out i have some emails this one's from an anonymous emailer your favorite i love anonymous I've been with my boyfriend a little over a year. We were inseparable from the day we met and moved in together after only seven months. He has a daughter who I adore. She stays with us every other week. We both have 40-hour week jobs and are trying to be more frugal so we can buy a house together. I make slightly more than my boyfriend, but we split the rent and all utilities down the middle and handle our own personal bills separately. I try to take care of some of the other expenses, like groceries or the occasional Uber, We have talked about how he feels badly that I spend more on things for us, but it has never bothered me because he has more responsibilities than I do, such as child support. Mm. Recently, I can tell it's been affecting him more, and I am running out of ways to express to him that I am willing and want to contribute in this way. Should I stop offering to pay for things and let him handle
3: it until he asks for help? I have no idea what a good solution here is. Help, I suck at dating. Yes, I think she said, should I stop offering to pay for things and let him handle it until he asks for help? I think yes. I agree just guys you know we want to provide for our lady
1: and providing includes money and being able to pay for dinners and being old-fashioned in the sense of like i want to you know bring home the bacon so i um yeah i would for right now stop trying to pay for things or at least offering and see what happens vanessa Uh,
2: i don't know i thought you might
0: disagree with this actually
2: yeah, I'm I'm all for, listen, if you're able to provide for yourself, and I always say this, ladies do not, and gentlemen, do not depend on a significant other financially or emotionally. Like, make sure that you can always be financially and emotionally stable without having someone else in the picture. Um, and the fact that she's able to pay for it, like, props to her. If I were the guy, I would be saying thank you and putting my ego aside and acknowledging the fact that she's doing this and she's doing this not to to get like um, acknowledgement or anything. She's doing it out of the goodness of her heart. So I don't know. I I don't know. If I'm getting an Uber and he's getting in the car with me, I'm probably going to be the girl that's going to pay for the Uber too.
1: I think so the I, I think just, the Uber and the groceries are a very small indication of why he feels awkward about this. I think it really comes down to she makes probably a lot more money than him. She
0: says slightly but she's maybe she's, she's understanding she's
1: being, it. I think she's understanding it. Yeah. I think yeah. she probably makes a lot yeah. more money and then while they split everything cuz he's like no I'm going to pay for myself. I want to, you know, do this and pay for my own right. utilities. I'm sure he's like this sucks. Like it's, she's like I'm the one putting pennies together
3: trying to pay for dinners, and she's making a lot more money. Yeah. It probably
1: just hurts his ego a little bit. I that's would say,
3: emasculating. I was gonna say emasculating too, but I think it's like kind of almost dehumanizing too, to the point where it's like he wants to be able to like uh, have ownership over the things that he buys for the relationship and his daughter, whatever it is. Like groceries, you know, you like might feel guilty for going to the pantry more than a few times a day if those groceries technically mm-hmm. were purchased by someone else. Oh, that's true. totally. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. my take on it. I think that she should just let him pay for what he wants to and you and like let her kind of take a back seat and if there's going to be a balance it's going to have to like you guys are like going to teeter and totter a little bit I think and then eventually you'll find that happy medium but if he is, like, getting kind of weirded out by it, I think that you should just kind of let him do his own thing and he'll find a way to make it work if that's so what it's going to be.
2: But definitely, yeah, but communicate about it, you know? Don't stop.
3: No, I don't even think she should communicate. Well, maybe she should. Okay. <laughs> no, not a bad idea. It's anti-communication. Not a bad idea, but I think by acknowledging it, by be- by her being like, hey, I'm going to stop spending money on you, that almost makes it worse. If she just kind of, like, naturally lets no, him stop. No, I'm not
2: saying that. I'm saying... Um, and Mark, maybe you've, you're, you've been married, you've had a successful marriage for years. Thank so, you. <laughs> um, maybe you can correct me on you can correct me on this, but I feel like one of the major issues in marriages and long term relationships it comes down to finances and lack of communication. So in this case, I think it's important to sit down, have a mature conversation, and be like, okay, are, do they have a joint bank account? If they have a, a joint bank account, then it'd be a lot easier to just go in there and pay for the things that they do share. Uh, together instead of, you know, if he's making, if he wants to put in, you know, it's like 50-50, but if he wants to put in more than 50, then he'll put in more than 50, and she'll put the rest in in the joint bank account.
0: I guess. It's such an old-fashioned conversation, isn't it? But I mean, it's still relevant in 2018, but I'm just saying the tradition that the man has to pay for everything seems like an outdated concept to me, but... If I this were reversed, if a guy was like, I make more money than she does, no one would care. He'd never yeah. send the email. It's never an issue. The other way around, and it's just it's just the male fragile ego, isn't it? That's all, all it is. Yeah, but you also have to understand, yeah.
1: while it's outdated, it's outdated in 2018, 15 years ago, when this guy was probably growing up, it wasn't really that outdated yeah. for the guy to make more money and like be, quote-unquote, the provider. Um, provider? The provider. Okay. And so, like, he's probably been brought up in a society where it's like, no, you're the man. You're supposed to be making more money, and then you're supposed to be providing and supporting for your significant other. And so now, yes, in 2018, it's fine. Everybody's equal. It, it doesn't matter who's making more money. Time's or up. Staying time's up, exactly. What is uh, that? But it's But it's the Me Too the, movement. They're, they're I've never heard of, Time's Up before. They're uh, kind
0: of co-movements. Me uh, Too is the bigger one, but Time's yeah. Up is also one. Time's up for guys to be in these traditional roles that we've always seen them as. Everybody should be treated the same.
1: And I agree, but there's going to be a transitional period during that. Yes. Right? You can't just sure. ignore social norms that have been ingrained in us. And so I think with this guy, of course, it doesn't matter. No, but it's going to hurt his ego. Yeah. So just I, I would I, I'm, I agree with Dean.
3: And by communicating that with him, it's like almost belittling his wages. Like she's like, oh, I make more money than you but I'm going to let you start paying for things because I know how fragile you might
4: be. <laughs> totally. That no, just sounds that's, bad.
2: You not have a conversation like that. You wouldn't No, That's not what you would be highlighting. If he's, if he's been honest with her about him being uncomfortable with her spending money on him, then if I were her, I, I would sit him down and just have an adult conversation. Like it shouldn't, you know, you're not 20 years old. You're old enough to sit down and have, mature conversations about things and communicate about things that make you comfortable and uncomfortable and figure out a solution i'm just saying forward, the, the male
3: it. ego is very fragile especially it when it comes to this stuff yep. i think some things are better left unsaid we but... don't want to talk about it any more than we want it to happen exactly
2: all right so anonymous don't take my advice uh, no 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 whatever Take
0: advice <laughs> you want. exactly
1: take all <laughs> our advice and incorporate it and then make your own decision that's good my best luck. advice <laughs> and best of luck <laughs>
0: Uh this is oh, by the way, I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. Keep the emails coming. I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. This is Hunter. Do you guys know the app Rover? Yeah, Dog Walker app. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. He's been dog sitting through Rover over the past couple of months and he's been watching this dog whose owner he is super attracted to. He says a few months ago I matched with the owner on Tinder and chatted over the dog course bread. of a few days. Yeah, small world. I eventually asked if she wanted to take the dogs to a park that weekend. And she never responded, oh. and I deleted Tinder shortly Aww. thereafter. I really want to ask her out, but I feel like it's a sign that she didn't answer me the first time, yeah. and so I should forget about it. I'm watching a dog again this weekend. Should I ask her out, or should I leave it? Help, I really suck at dating. What do we always tell him, Mark? Shoot your shot. If you got to ask, you got to do it. Exactly.
1: Well, <laughs> here's the thing. So he's watching her dog? Yeah, and it And she like. never responded on Tinder? I think that she probably just doesn't pay attention to the app. Possible. I I agree, yeah. right? She wouldn't completely yeah. ignore someone who's babysitting her or walking her dog and caring for this dog.
2: He could. He could. No, I he think could. as a dog owner, you can probably choose but- who
1: you look after your dog, right? It's not like she has. To. She's in. Unless you signed a contract, is
0: with it this or guy. is it like Uber and they just give you the closest Random. dog walker? I really don't no, know. No, I think it a dog is—it's
3: a dog's got to be like you can pick out. Yeah, who sure, you totally. Walk. People, your dog vibes so, with. So, so, and that I think proves that she maybe didn't see the message. Maybe she just kind of like saw it, responded mentally, never actually physically responded. But she—I don't think that she, if because if she was purposefully ignoring you, then she would have gone with a different dog sitter. It
2: would- right exactly yes and listen i find i'm like i'm guilty of this all the time people are like oh you're you don't message me back or i wrote you and i'm i read my messages and I'm like oh i'll write back in a few hours but then someone else will message me and your message will go like lower on the list and i and i forget to write back
3: <laughs> you never message me back Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> i'm
2: sorry dean you just use another story um so yeah Weird. maybe just he didn't see the message. Try, try
0: again. Go for it. I agree. That's, Go for it. What's That's the right. worst that can happen? You lose this client as a dog. You got plenty of people's dogs. Plenty of walk. dogs out b- there that b- need to be
3: walked. By the way, I have a uh, two of my kids' names picked out. I've had them picked out forever, and Hunter is one of them. I was you stole the words out of my mouth. Hunter's not for my a good kid, name. But
1: great name.
3: Great yeah. name.
2: That is the cutest thing you've ever said.
3: Well, I think everyone's got uh, ideas for names for the kids no, that they eventually that. want to have. No, I already, I did. Not I, that. I do too.
0: Maybe we're not normal guys. <laughs> maybe
3: maybe yeah, that's yeah. why we're here I on this podcast. It's safe to say we're not normal. <laughs> for better, for worse. Um, I'll tell a quick story, if you don't
0: mind. Oh, oh, we we'd love you. to. Mark, you're cool. a great storyteller. Oh, thank you. Tell stories anytime you want. When I was growing up, uh, my sister, my younger sister, Amy was her name. It's confusing, is her name. My sister's name is Amy, and my wife's name is Amy. It's very confusing. Anyway, my sister was best friends with a girl named Allie, and Amy had a bunch of friends, and I hated all of them because they were just screaming. Because I'm the big brother, and they're always annoying and screaming and stuff. But Allie was great. We loved Allie when she came over. It was like the three of us would play together. She was like one of my friends too. Mm -hmm. Allie got really sick. She got cancer in her shoulder blade. And uh, anyway, we lost Allie when she was 16 years old. Oh, god! I'm so sorry. Very sad. And I said that day, I said my first daughter is going to be named Allie, and that's why I have a 12 year old daughter named Allie right now.
3: Wait, that's 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 so my heart. That's beautiful that she lives on through your daughter. But I have a question. So you're your sister's name is Amy? Yes. And your wife's name is Amy. Yes. Ow. And your mom's name is Kathy. Okay. I thought your mom's name was Amy and your daughter and your sister's no, name is just Amy. No, it's sister and wife. Why is it always it's it's always a male thing where it's always like uh Jared Jr. and it's never like Amy Jr.
0: Yeah, why can't yeah. women name their children
3: after them? I yeah, think that's, that's
0: that, that that male time's, time's, time's up again. Time's up. Come time's on, time's up. Here we go. <laughs> I was I was almost
1: Fred the 3rd. Really? Wow. Yeah, my dad's Fred Jr. and I was almost Frederick William Wayne the 3rd. No, I'm not a Fred. I
0: don't either, but my question is, would your life be different 100%, if you were Fred 100%. 100%. Absolutely. That's interesting, isn't it? it that was, just your name could Butterfly change effect, your life? Butterfly effect, man. It's crazy. Butterfly
1: effect. Right? I completely <laughs> agree, because the name just really makes It just kind of forms your persona. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Like, I look at Dean, I'm like, yeah, you're a Dean. Yeah. You're right. Yeah?
2: So, my sister's name is really confusing. I'm Vanessa, duh, and my sister's Melissa, but I, I don't know if my sister or I was supposed to be called Penelope, which I love that. Huh. I feel like my sister would look more like a Penelope. I feel like I, uh, am, you know, I embrace the Vanessa.
1: Are you embrace the Vanessa, yeah. totally, but you
0: could embrace a Penelope. Penelope. I could see it. So this yeah. is interesting. They did an guess- experiment, and I'm fascinated by this stuff. I don't know how we got into this fight track. But, <laughs> Love it. Uh, they showed people random faces of strangers and gave them five names to pick from. <laughs> They were Mm -hmm. right 35% of the time. Now, pure chance would be 20% of the time, right? That's pretty high. So they find that people with the same name tend to have similarities around their eyes and their mouth. And faces will conform to your name. Like if your parents named you Doug, your face would be different than it is now, subtly. Hmm. Not completely, but subtly. And people would say he looks more like a Doug because something happens to us.
3: I find that fascinating. That's very, very interesting. That's
0: really interesting. That makes me
3: think. Have you guys ever seen that Office episode where Michael Scott goes on like a lecture circuit and he like goes in and walks into the room? And he's like, I have this uh, pneumatic system where I can look at someone's face and guess their name. And he looks at a guy and he goes, uh, You have glasses. You have a bald head. You're bald. Your name is Brad. And he's like, Yes, my name is Brad. <laughs> 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 that's exactly what this makes me think of. But it really is that if it's up 15%, that's, I mean, that's pretty conclusive. That's statistically, really that's pretty interesting right. that you yeah. we can pick people out like that.
0: All right, uh, I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Uh, Megan is curious about how you manage time spent with your significant other. I guess this is more of a question for Jared.
3: I've had a significant other in my and life. That's true, and so has
1: Vanessa. And so do you two. Well, yeah, have true. Mark and Easton, you guys have significant others. Dean has had a very public and private relationships.
0: Well, <laughs> Megan's concerned because she and her boyfriend live in a small town. They live three blocks away from each other. They have the same circle of friends. They have the same work-from-home schedule. Their lives are completely integrated in one another. She knows the quality time is valuable, but they tend to be, co-de- she tends to be codependent in relationships and she has a hard time turning on any opportunity to hang out with him, even if she needs a break. She also gets bummed if he spends time with a mutual friend and she's not invited to join. There's a kind of a FOMO thing going on there. So anyway, any tips on that? Is it, is it unhealthy um, to be constantly with each other? Vanessa.
2: So, um, I've been in many, not many, I've been in obviously some of them have been successful some of them have been uh, actually none of them have been because i'm not with any of them but one thing that i did learn was my first relationship i was so dependent on him um he became my family my friend my uh like we would work out together and to the point where it it, i found it too we actually both found it too much because at one point you want to have you still want to have maintain your life before you meet your significant other, um, and to keep that spark alive, you know, because then it just becomes like a routine and you do the same things over and over and over again. And like you said, if she has FOMO, he, if he, wait, I get bummed out if he, if he spends time with a mutual friend and she's not invited, like that, it, you should have your circle of friends outside of your relationship. You should be working in a different environment, you know, and then you come home and you tell each other stories and you bond. And that's why, like, it's important for families to, come together at dinner time everyone has like they wake up in the morning they go out they live their own life they come back and at dinner they speak about like things that happen to them throughout the day and they bond over food and they bond over like sharing all these experiences um so I personally think um when I was younger as much as I love being in that re- type of relationship where we were glued to each other right now I find it super healthy I want to find a relationship uh where I find it healthy to um you know be together but not excessively be together.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. You definitely need your own circle of friends you need to be able to get out if you want and hang out with somebody that's not involved in your relationship. Um Dean, do you have any thoughts about this?
3: Yeah, I do. I'm I think this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier of me just like wanting to do what I want when I want. I like I like being able to go to places uh kind of like either by myself, not necessarily by myself, but like I like to go hang out with my friends without feeling guilty of not inviting the person that I maybe am dating or my girlfriend or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, because I feel like there is time that should be allotted for you spending with your friends. It changes
1: the dynamic, dynamic you know, s-
3: very much so. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just need yeah. to, like, talk about your relationship without your significant other there,
1: whether it be it doesn't mean that they're saying bad things. It's just like it changes the dynamic of the conversation.
3: And I've been very, very guilty of this. I like <laughs> uh, here in Los Angeles, you know, I'll go to the beach with every week with my friends. Um a while ago, I was like dating someone uh, and it was a Sunday. I went to the beach with my friends. We were playing volleyball, got back. Uh, and this girl that I was dating, she was like really upset with me for not inviting her to the beach to hang out with me and my friends. And I was like, well, I, honestly, like I just wanted to spend time with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like that's kind of what I'm saying from earlier. It's like I I, I don't think it's appropriate for me to be bringing someone into that situation. I think codependence is good in some aspects, but I, it can be detrimental to a relationship like in this instance, you know? Yeah. 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 I agree. So my advice for Megan is like don't allow yourself some separation, maybe. Yeah. Allow yourself to become more independent. Because you definitely like like think about it this way like if Megan and her boyfriend break up, then who's Megan? She's yes. no she's no longer the same exactly. person. Right. right. These are the That's relationships that are more likely to become toxic.
0: Yeah. Because you literally can't live without yeah. each other. And mm-hmm. so when issues pop up, yeah. you just have to kinda
3: press it down right. inside and it ends up ugly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think you got to have a life outside your relationship. And that's scary. There's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to make the relationship work yeah. when you're that ingrained yeah. with that other person. And not that it's bad to have pressure to make a relationship work, but it's like if you, I don't know. That's, it, it, that's what scares me away from relationships to be perfectly honest.
2: <laughs> it's <a> scary scary ever <laughs> to date.
3: Totally. It's scary. That's the like
2: pressure of making,
3: the pressure of what?
2: what? What scares you? The pressure of making it work scares you?
3: The pressure of having someone be so dependent on me is scary. And it's also scary when you're very dependent on somebody else. Yes, absolutely.
1: Because then Mm -hmm. your happiness isn't dependent on them because you make your own happiness. Having said that, like when you're dependent on somebody and they break your heart, tell me a worse feeling. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't
3: know. I I I think there's a lot of red flags ingrained in that situation with Megan and her boyfriend. But uh again i mean i I think with a lot of these emails we don't really know enough of the story to really make judgment calls but uh, we do have to make judgment calls right
1: yeah i mean my judgment call would be um vocalize this i know we always like it's you know communicate we always say it it's such a cliche but it's true like you know because you need you need a healthy balance and right now it seems like maybe megan on your side you're not having that
2: and yeah i feel something's got to give to go in Find something that you love to do. If you love painting, join a, a class for like to learn how to paint. If you want to work out, join a gym, and you'll make a more, uh, you'll make a different circle of friends, and you'll you'll feel less, I guess, um, stressed out or you know less bummed if your boyfriend is hanging out with his circle of friends, even like if they that. are mutual friends or not. And I think it's important to have like your own stuff going on um so that you're not when you're not doing anything and i feel like sometimes this happens you know when you're like really invested in the relationship and you don't have anything to do you think of the relationship and that's super unhealthy so it's important to like have things going on in your life outside of the relationship so that you can keep your mind Busy and you you know you have other things going on other than uh the relationship being the main focus in your
1: life. totally join a class you know that's what i do. Do, do, do join a club do something that like actively gets you out of the house without your
3: significant other something that yeah, you enjoy do doing. something that
2: makes you proud
3: maybe email podcasts yeah, as well help us totally. up dating at IHeartMedia.com. <laughs> um, all right well that will do it for today's episode my first episode back and thank you guys once again for welcome welcoming me back with open arms i was concerned that I just wasn't going to be uh, involved in the podcast anymore. Lock the yeah. <laughs> change the keys. <laughs> uh, I'm very
2: honored.
3: Perfect. I guess that's true because Mark Easton and Jared. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm honored to be back in studio with you guys. I honestly did miss you all very very much while I was gone. We missed you. Um, we big want to th- thank you- our sponsors. Yes. Big thank you to our sponsors, uh, Sugar Bear Hair and Beach Body on Demand for these hip hop abs and these beautiful locks that we all have.
1: Thank you to Holly Martin for coming <laughs> in studio. Definitely check out hollymartin.com. That's Martin with a Y, not
3: an I. It certainly is. And thank you for the emails. Remember, I, I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. We love the emails. Uh, we love giving unsolicited bad advice. <laughs> Just keep them coming. We'll keep dishing it out. Uh, be sure to tune in next weekend. Uh, Make sure you go also. I just want (laughs) to say
1: join the Facebook group.
3: Uh, it's help. I suck at dating
1: podcast on Facebook. Definitely go check that out. We have a lot of discussion. There's a lot of members in there. Um, we
3: talk, I, we like leave messages on the Facebook oh, group. Totally. I talk to people all the time. On Literally the, um, at this the point in my life, group. the only reason I get on Facebook is to go to the I heart or I suck at dating uh, Facebook group. Same here.
1: <laughs> I, I love hearing people tell stories about their dating and if they need any advice and sometimes I'll comment back and I always read through them. And so definitely join the Facebook group help. I suck at dating podcast on Facebook.
3: Um, and also be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Maybe next week we'll suck a little bit less.
0: Follow Help I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.